Could deep sea mining lead to deep trouble? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Restoring the world's forests may be a very powerful solution to the climate crisis. A new study published in the journal Science says that covering 22 billion acres of land with trees, an area about the size of the U.S., could store two-thirds as much carbon as humans put into the atmosphere. The research may be the first to quantify how many trees the Earth can support, where to plant them, and how much carbon they could store. It follows the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report that said limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius will require planting an extra 2.5 billion acres of forest by 2050. As Vox reports, trees are usually 50 percent carbon by weight, and and most of that comes from CO2 absorbed from the air. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, a silver maple planted today will have sequestered about 400 pounds of carbon in 25 years. The study also showed that the parts of the world best suited for reforesting are Russia, followed by the U.S., Canada, Australia, and Brazil. A co-author of the research said in a statement from ETH Zurich that reforestation is the best climate change solution solution available today. However, MIT Technology Review notes that some researchers say the new study brushes over complexities, such as the amount of carbon that would actually be removed and underestimates the human contribution. In addition, critics say the report does not consider the political difficulties in planting so many trees at a time when various countries are cutting down forests to make room for farms, animals, and new developments. Still, others maintain that the most effective response to the climate crisis is cutting greenhouse gas emissions. A new threat is facing the oceans. Deep-sea mining for minerals like nickel, copper, cobalt, and manganese, and these activities could alter the oceans forever. The Guardian reports that if the plans move forward, large machines will be lowered onto the seabed to excavate the minerals. However, a report from Greenpeace warns that the nascent industry could remove entire habitats and species, release toxins, and pollute areas that have been undisturbed for millennia. For instance, the group says that machines cutting into the sea seafloor and collecting minerals will create sediment plumes, potentially smothering habitats for kilometers around the mining sites. Additionally, deep sea mining could make the climate crisis worse by releasing carbon that has been naturally stored in sediments. Mining the bottom of the seas is subject to the control of the United Nations. 168 countries are members of a treaty that established the International Seabed Authority, of which the U.S. is not a part. The authority has issued almost 30 exploration licenses to governments which sponsor companies that are looking to mine the bottom of the sea. The licenses cover an area five times larger than the UK. Greenpeace is urging the UN to prioritize conservation and create reserves where extraction is prohibited. It's being called the Great Atlantic Sargassum Belt. Scientists have measured a seaweed bloom, perhaps the largest ever, stretching almost 5,500 miles from the Gulf of Mexico to West Africa. In a statement from the University of South Florida, researchers say that the growth is composed of brown algae called sargassum. The belt is expanding, and while they aren't ready to specify the cause, it's possibly due to increased deforestation and fertilizer 
fertilizer use. Sargassum blooms aren't necessarily bad for oceans and can provide oxygen for marine life and habitat for turtles, crabs, fish, and birds. But around coastal regions, the blooms can restrict movement and breathing of some species, and after seaweed dies, it can choke corals and seagrass. The seaweed is estimated to weigh 20 million metric tons, or the equivalent of 200 fully loaded aircraft carriers. And as the study's authors say, recurrent blooms may become the new normal. And finally, speaking of oceans, we know that plastic pollution is a massive issue, but there's another problem quietly wreaking havoc on marine life, ghost nets. Ghost nets are fishing nets that have been lost, abandoned, or discarded, and they continue to fish, so to speak, long after they've left human hands. Every year the nets, which can stretch two miles long and 50 feet high, drift with currents, trapping millions of marine animals, including sharks, dolphins, and whales, and entangling crustaceans and birds. Nets can also sink and become lodged in extremely deep water where it's difficult to retrieve them, as is the case in Puget Sound. So, for Washington State, it was time to call in the Army. Army divers, that is. Yes, the Army has divers, who are trained in reconnaissance, demolition, and salvage missions. Historically, they were everywhere, from Utah Beach during D-Day landings in 1944 to more recent deployments repairing ports in Haiti after the 2010 earthquake, according to Army Times magazine. The divers will work with the state and consultants to remove abandoned fishing gear. The derelict net removal program began nearly two decades ago, and as of 2016, had removed about 6,000 nets. Starting July 8th, the Army vessel Seahorse, carrying 20 soldiers from a dive detachment, will be working along rocky terrain off the San Juan Islands for three weeks. The mission is part of the Department of Defense Innovative Readiness Training Program and will not only address the scourge of nets, but also give the divers much-needed deep-water training, according to a release from the Washington State Department of Natural Resources. Joan Drinkwin with natural resources consultants told the San Juan Journal that once the nets are removed, the wonderful thing is that the surrounding environment recovers almost immediately. This Week in Water is supported by the American Waterworks Association. Discuss solutions for protecting and managing aging infrastructure at WIC19. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash water infrastructure.